Hi, and welcome to Fado, an audio adventure into fantasy, folklore, and fairy tales. I'm John, your host, and thanks for dropping in. Here we are at the end of October, the end of our spooky month of content, and the end of our tribute to Edgar Allan Poe. I imagine you've guessed that I was saving The Raven for last. It's Poe's most famous work by far, and even if you haven't read or heard this poem, you've heard its ominous trademark phrase. This poem is popular now, and it was popular when it was first published, and it can be said that it made Poe quite famous. We'll talk more about it after the poem, though. And now... As published in 1845 by Edgar Allan Poe. The Raven. Once, upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. "'Tis some visitor,' I muttered, tapping at my chamber door." Only this, and nothing more. Ah, distinctly, I remember. It was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the morrow. Vainly I had sought to borrow from my books surcease of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore. For the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore. Nameless here, forevermore. And the silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before. So that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating, "'Tis some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door, some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. This it is, and nothing more. Presently my soul grew stronger, hesitating then no longer, Sir, said I, or Madam, truly your forgiveness I implore. But the fact is, I was napping, and so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door, that I scarce was sure I heard you. Here I opened wide the door. Darkness there, and nothing more. Deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there, wondering, fearing, doubting, "'dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before. "'But the silence was unbroken. 
and the stillness gave no token. And the only word there spoken was the whispered word. Lenore? This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word. Lenore. Merely this, and nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning, soon again I heard a tapping somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice. Let me see, then, what thereat is, and this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment, and this mystery explore. "'Tis the wind, and nothing more. "'Open here I flung the shutter, "'when, with many a flirt and flutter, "'in there stepped a stately raven "'of the saintly days of yore. "'Not the least obeisance made he, "'not a minute stopped or stayed he, "'but with mien of lord or lady "'perched above my chamber door. "'Perched upon a bust of palace, just above my chamber door. Perched, and sat, and nothing more. Then this ebony bird, beguiling my sad fancy into smiling, by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore, Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, thou, I said, art sure no craven, ghastly, grim, and ancient raven wandering from the nightly shore— Tell me what thy lordly name is on the night's Plutonian shore. Quoth the raven, Nevermore. Much I marveled this ungainly fowl to hear discourse so plainly, though its answer little meaning, little relevancy bore. For we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door, Bird or beast upon the sculptured bust above his chamber door with such a name as Nevermore. But the raven, sitting lonely on the placid bust, spoke only that one word, as if his soul in that one word he did outpour. Nothing farther than he uttered, not a feather than he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered. Other friends have flown before. On the morrow he will leave me, as my hopes have flown before. Then the bird said, Nevermore. Startled at the stillness broken by reply so aptly spoken, Doubtless, said I, what it utters is its only stock and store, Caught from some unhappy master whom unmerciful disaster Followed fast and followed faster till his songs one burden bore— till the dirges of his hope that melancholy burden bore of never, never more. But the raven, still beguiling all my fancy into smiling, straight I wheeled a cushioned seat in front of bird and bust and door. Then, upon the velvet sinking, I betook myself to linking fancy unto fancy, thinking what this ominous bird of yore what this grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt, and ominous bird of yore meant in croaking, never more. This I sat engaged in guessing, but no syllable expressing to the fowl whose fiery eyes now burned into my bosom's core. This and more I sat divining, with my head at ease reclining on the cushion's velvet lining that the lamplight gloated o'er.
but whose velvet-violet lining with the lamplight gloating o'er, she shall press, ha, huh. nevermore. Then, methought, the air grew denser, perfumed from an unseen censer, swung by seraphim whose footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch, I cried, thy God hath lent thee by these angels, he hath sent thee respite, Respite and nepenthe from thy memories of Lenore. Quaff, oh, quaff this kind nepenthe, and forget this lost Lenore. Quoth the raven, Nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil. Prophet still, if bird or devil, Whether tempter sent, or whether tempest tossed thee here ashore, Desolate, yet all undaunted, on this desert land enchanted, on this home by horror haunted, tell me truly, I implore, is there, is there balm in Gilead? Tell me, tell me, I implore. Quoth the raven, Nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still if bird or devil, by that heaven that bends above us, by that God we both adore, tell this soul with sorrow laden if, Within the distant Aden it shall clasp a sainted maiden whom the angels name Lenore. Clasp a rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore. Quoth the raven, Nevermore. Be that word our sign of parting, bird or fiend, I shrieked upstarting. Get thee back into the tempest and the night's plutonian shore. Leave no black plume as a token of that lie thy soul hath spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken. Quit the bust above my door. Take thy beak from out my heart, and take thy form from off my door. Quoth the raven, Nevermore. And the raven, never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting on the pallid bust of Pallas just above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming. And the lamplight o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor. And my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted Nevermore. I can't think of a better way to end the month and celebrate Halloween than The Raven. As I said, this is Poe's most famous work. Not only is it well known today, but it made Poe a bit of a celebrity. 
and that fame, coupled with the tragic life he led, has resulted in a pretty legendary figure in American culture today. Now, a lot of people think that The Raven was written in response to the loss of Poe's wife, Virginia Klim. But the fact is that the poem was written two years before she died of tuberculosis. So if The Raven is in any way autobiographical, it's likely it was about another of the women in Poe's life that he lost. But he did draw on his life for inspiration, it seems particularly Virginia's ongoing struggle with her illness. Check out some of his other poems like Annabelle Lee and Lenore. That name should sound familiar, and in fact, Lenore is about the recent death of a beautiful young woman, and I can't help but think that it's simply a prequel to The Raven. This poem has been analyzed and reanalyzed, studied and diagrammed and dissected, Being filled with symbolic imagery and interesting meter and rhyme, it certainly bears that kind of scrutiny. But, again, just like with the Mask of the Red Death, I think Poe would want us first to be struck by the way the poem makes us feel. Poe did say of the Raven that he chose every element deliberately. Words and phrases were carefully considered for their effectiveness. He wrote in his essay, The Philosophy of Composition, that he specifically chose the word nevermore because of the sonorous quality of the O sound and the way it interacts with the R sound. If you really want to see the kind of technical thought that went into The Raven, I suggest that essay. It's extremely in-depth, and while Poe takes great care in the construction of his work, it's clear that he's hoping to elicit an emotional response first. He talks about sound and visual cues and those kinds of things, which led me to a kind of realization. Not exactly an epiphany or anything, but it made something clear to me about poetry and some of the short fiction we cover here on the show. This stuff is meant to be read aloud. Something like The Raven, especially. Poe talks about the way words sound when you say them, and it's clear that he intended for the recitation of the raven, not just quietly reading it in the library. Now, I couldn't verify this, but I heard that Poe was often asked to recite the raven publicly, and that there was even a group of women who followed him around from place to place to hear it. Here's a fun fact. I recorded the raven something like eight times before I was happy with it. I kept realizing new depth and wanting to get one word or another just right. I listened to celebrity recitations, and I accidentally memorized most of it before I was really satisfied I could do it justice. To be honest, a lot of the famous readings out there fall a little flat for me. There's a meter, of course, and a very technical one, but it always sounds a little better to me when the meter seems incidental with ebb and flow to make it more naturally spoken. I hope I got in the ballpark with it. While Poe would probably be more than a little disdainful at my amateur recitation, I like to think I made it my own. And one other thing about the recitation. I labored long and hard trying to find out how I should read Enchanted and Undaunted. I tried this poem in several different accents, and I read into Poe's own accent— and I listened to examples of old speech and dialects all the way up the coast from Virginia to Boston, and generally made myself crazy over this one rhyme. I figured that Poe was too careful to be approximate with his rhymes, and what I think is this. 
Poe was born in Boston, but he grew up and attended grammar school and lived for eight years in Scotland and England, before returning to the States. Also, this is just 40 to 50 years after the Revolutionary War, a generation or two removed from being British anyway. And if you've been listening all along, you know that pronunciations changed dramatically from the 1600s to the 1800s. And I think it's as simple as saying that Poe did in fact say enchanted. Perfect rhyme. I hope you've enjoyed this three-day Halloween celebration, and I hope someday to come back and read a little more Poe for you. Maybe next Halloween we can give that a try. But for now, there are plenty of other stories to cover. This has been a fun month for me, and I look forward to seeing what else we can get into for the rest of the year. I have an idea for December, but more on that to come. Happy Halloween! Now, if you're having fun listening to Fido, you should definitely subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. I'm on Apple, Google, Spotify, and Amazon. Don't forget to share and leave a review if you like what you're hearing. If you leave me comments or questions, I might even be able to read them on the air. You can also keep up and follow me on Facebook as well as Instagram. I'm at Fado Podcast. If you want to support me more directly, you can become a patron. You can find me on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. There will be behind-the-scenes content, early access to upcoming episodes, and also merch. I have stickers, and if you become a patron, I can guarantee you one in your membership letter. That's right, I'll send you a personally handwritten note in the mail with a sticker. Also, if you join, you'll get a mention here on the show. That brings us to the end of episode 28. Watch for episode 29 coming out on November 8th. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you once upon a next time. <laughs>